0: Hello and welcome to the Girls Fuel Podcast. My name is Haley. I'm a registered dietitian and nutrition coach here to help you along your health and fitness journey by providing evidence and experience based knowledge and full transparency. All right, guys. So we have a really cool episode for you today. I am joined one with I am joined by, I'm not redoing that, joined by one of my very good friends and colleagues, Alex. And Alex, you want to just introduce yourself? You know, what's your background? Who are you? Tell us all the dirty details. Yes. Hello, Haley. I am so, so happy to be
1: here. So for those of you that don't know, Haley and I were actually friends in grad school. Mm-hmm. We met during our master's program and in dietetic internship down at FSU, but I am also a registered dietitian and online coach. I work for a company called Manassa G Fitness, and I am also one of Haley's clients yes. <laughs> because I just love her so much and she's fantastic. And you know what?
0: Coaches need coaches too. So that is me. Awesome. So Alex is somebody that once considered herself to have Hashimoto's. Yeah. So today we're going to talk all things thyroid. Um, Alex recently came off of her thyroid medication that she was put on years and years ago. And I feel like a question that I've been getting asked a lot by clients and just people on Instagram too is, you know, if I go on a medication to support my thyroid, am I going to have to be on it forever? Is there anything else that I can do to support my thyroid? And there's a lot more that can be done. So, let's kind of dive in here. Um, I think a big thing that I want to kind of help people understand is the difference between hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think it's important really to start at the beginning, right? Some people might be listening to this, thinking to themselves, like, what even is my thyroid and (laughs) why is it important? Right. Um, so just right off the bat, the thyroid is kind of like the metabolic control center of your body, right? A little butterfly shaped gland in your throat. And I feel like it's all the rage lately. People think that they have a slow thyroid or, Oh my gosh, like my thyroid is the problem. This is why I have a slow metabolism. This is why I'm gaining weight. Um, and that might be true, (laughs) but it also might not be. We'll probably talk about this, but more often than not, a sluggish thyroid is actually a symptom of a deeper issue, and your your doctor might diagnose you with hypothyroid, for example, which means essentially slow thyroid or downregulated thyroid. And when we think about the thyroid, the thyroid gland itself produces two hormones, T4 and T3. So, when we have hypothyroid, that essentially just means we have low T4 and T3 production, and that affects our metabolism downstream. It affects our energy levels, et cetera. Um, a lot of times, people might find their, their thyroid hormones are low just a, as a result of undereating, chronic dieting, stress in general, even just simply not eating enough carbohydrates because yeah. carbohydrates are super important for the thyroid. But Hashimoto's specifically, I feel like has has been another buzzword lately, (laughs) Mm. but Hashimoto's is an autoimmune condition. So the body essentially is forming antibodies against its own thyroid gland, right? The body's attacking its own thyroid, thus leading to that downregulation of thyroid hormone. And with most autoimmune diseases, there can be a genetic component, um, usually if you have one autoimmune disease, it's possible that you're going to get another one or you're mm-hmm. going to be more likely to get another one. So there is that genetic component, but there's also a really big link between autoimmune diseases, Hashimoto specifically, and gut health, which I know Haley is all about. So super excited to, to chat with her today, but does that answer your question, kind of clarifying the difference?
0: Yeah, I think that was a really helpful breakdown to help everybody understand, you know, what our thyroid does. And I feel like a common question that I get is, you know, how do I know if my thyroid is sluggish? And that's where, you know, we see a lot of clients coming to us with blood work that shows just TSH. So TSH is your thyroid stimulating hormone that basically comes down from your brain and tells your thyroid gland. Hey, you know, we need to produce some T4 and then T3. The issue, you know, with only running thyroid stimulating hormone is you don't get the whole picture of what is going on because there are a lot of cases and you're one of them where your TSH can look really wacky, either way high or way low, but, you know, other thyroid markers are in range or, or even the other way around. So that's where, you know, getting free T3 and free T4 can be really helpful. And then, you know, if you are worried about Hashimoto's, that's where we'll run the thyroid antibodies. Now I'm curious, Alex, you know, what was getting diagnosed with Hashimoto's like for you? Like what was the process? What symptoms did you start noticing? And when did you you know, go to your doctor?
1: Yeah, super great question. So it's funny. I was actually really young. I was in high school, probably wow. like 17, 18 years old. And at first, I was one of those cases where I think it was my mom, honestly, wanted my doctor to check my thyroid because we do have a genetic history of hypothyroid Mm -hmm. in the family. So, again, who knows if my family member's hypothyroid diagnosis was actually warranted. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) But... Um, a lot of my like aunts, uncles had diagnosed hypothyroidism. So my mom went to my doctor and said, Hey, can we check her thyroid? Like just to make sure everything's okay. And of course they ran TSH (laughs) and it was completely normal. It was completely within range. And so they didn't think anything of it when reality is they should have done a full comprehensive thyroid panel with free T4, free T3, the thyroid antibodies, and even reverse T3, which we'll talk about because there was definitely some underlying issues Now, when I was young, like that young, I had also had a pretty severe eating disorder. I was in the midst of starving myself. Um, I'm 5'3", and at that point in my life, I was less than 100 pounds. Mm. So I was not taking very good care of my body. And then as I started getting help for my eating disorder, started recovering, started gaining weight back. Um, I also started binge eating. And so my weight was fluctuating like crazy. And I was obviously under a lot of stress. But even despite that, I was still having like really severe cold intolerance. I was freezing all the time, Mm. which can happen in somebody with a severe eating disorder. Right. I wasn't eating enough. I was super, super underweight. So, of course, I was cold all the time. But even after I had gained like 30, 40 pounds, honestly, I was still like cold all the time. And I had pretty like dry hair. My hair was falling out a lot. Um,
0: again, that could have been from nutrient deficiencies too, but. Or um, had... nutrient deficiencies that cause the thyroid dysfunction.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, so those were the two biggest symptoms. And also, of course, I was tired all Indeed. the freaking time, all the time. Like I could sleep for literally 12 hours and still be exhausted. But again, is that the Hashimoto's? Was that the thyroid? Or was that the fact that I was starving myself and over-exercising mm-hmm. at that point? Especially, you know, again, I just had a very, very disordered relationship with food, very disordered relationship with exercise. And even throughout my recovery, I was still working on trying to get myself to exercise less because mm-hmm. then, of course, you, you start gaining weight and you start freaking out. Yeah. And it was just this horrible, horrible, vicious cycle. So long story short, I finally ended up Going to an endocrinologist, and that endocrinologist did a full comprehensive thyroid panel with antibodies, and we found that my thyroid peroxidase antibodies, so TPO, on a blood order, they were like in the five hundreds. Oh my god! <laughs> so immediately she, no questions asked, just diagnosed me with Hashimoto's and put me on uh, Tyrosin, which is a form of synthetic th- uh, synthetic T4, so it's a brand name for Levothyroxine. And that was that I kind of didn't even question it Um, at that point. It was almost kind of a relief because I was like, I know something's wrong with my body and I don't know what it is. So to have an answer, to have a diagnosis, to have a medication, I didn't love the idea of taking another hormone for the rest of my life because I was also on the hormonal birth control pill at the time, which again, whole other podcast. (laughs) But but at that point I was like, okay, okay, maybe this will help my weight stabilize. Maybe this will help me have more energy. Maybe this will help me like not feel like I have to wear sweaters all the time. And looking back, unfortunately, I think my eating disorder and just all of that stress on my body probably did trigger the Hmm. Hashimoto's, the antibodies, the autoimmune. Um, Weirdly enough, though, I was still a little bit invalidated, I guess is a good word, because even though we had a family history of hypothyroid, nobody in my family had an autoimmune disease. Like there were oh, wow. no, there were no type one diabetics, nothing. But years later, I think I was in college at this point, my mom ended up getting diagnosed with lupus. So I, remember you saying that. I thought that was really interesting, but yeah, that was my diagnosis process.
0: That, that definitely makes sense. And I, I have a couple clients that, you know, it's been pulling teeth to get their doctors to run that comprehensive panel to get them to run more than just TSH, T4. Um, and that's where I know you and I, we order labs for our clients all the time. We I almost always run that oh, yeah. TPO, um, yeah. TGAB, unless I'm absolutely certain like that they don't have the autoimmune condition, I almost always run them, especially if they have celiac disease, I have a couple yeah. clients that, you know, they know that they have, have that one autoimmune condition. And like you said, you know, once you have one, it is likely that you have another and we'll dive into, you know, management of autoimmune conditions, but especially um, Hashimoto's through diet and lifestyle. Cause there is a lot that we can do, but I don't necessarily think, and I want your opinion on this, like coming from someone who's been on the medication, I don't think going on a medication for your thyroid is a bad thing at all, right? I feel like for a lot of people, it bridges the gap and it prevents further down regulation of other systems because like we're going to talk about in a minute, it's all connected and the thyroid is a major, major regulator of so many other aspects of your internal health. So, you know, if you're someone that's on medication now and feeling frustrated by that, I don't want to say don't because I don't want to invalidate how you're feeling, but it's okay. You know, that's, that's something that's going to help your body. And that's not something long-term that you are going to become super dependent on, you know, if you take the steps to, to support it.
1: Absolutely. And I just want to add to, for me, in that instance, I did have clinical Hashimoto's Mm -hmm. at the time of diagnosis, my antibodies were through the roof, my TSH was, I believe, pretty high, which happens in hypothyroid as well. And so the T4, that synthetic medication, you know, I didn't love the idea, but I did love the idea of feeling better. And I did feel better. I did feel better on it for a long time. And interestingly enough, it actually wasn't until I got to grad school that I started noticing a lot of unexplained weight gain, Hmm. even despite at this point, I had a lot healthier of a relationship with food, my weight was stable for the couple years prior, I was eating enough consistently, I was only exercising, you know, a couple times a week, pretty standard, and I was still like outgrowing my clothes and not in the good kind of muscle building way, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean, and so I ended up going to an integrative and functional health care practitioner down in Florida, and she rechecked my thyroid again, did a full comprehensive thyroid panel. And it was really interesting because she saw that even though my TSH and my T4 levels looked really good, my T3 was low. Conversion. So she found out that I had poor conversion, right? And so she prescribed T3, which is, I think, um, leothyronine, I think is how yeah, you say I-L-I-O. it? I-L-I-O. Yeah. And uh, the brand name is often Cytomil. I believe that was what I was on for a while. And again, I felt great. I had more energy, my weight stabilized. I actually lost a little bit of weight taking that medication. And so I was like happy as can be. I'm like, perfect. You know, this sucks taking all this medication, but I did feel a lot better. So it is important to get your, your levels rechecked often and really be on the lookout for some of those symptoms. But unfortunately, I do see a lot of clients that are prescribed thyroid medication just for maybe sub- subclinical hypothyroid. Yeah, subclinical. Right. Me they too. might they might not have any antibodies, but they might see low T4. And the doctor just says, here, take some synthetic T4. And they're not talking about, well, why is the thyroid downregulated, right? Like what else can we do from a diet and lifestyle perspective to upregulate those thyroid hormones naturally, because there is so much we can do in those instances, especially when it's not a case of Hashimoto's.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that's where, you know, even if you are on medication now, taking the steps to properly support your thyroid can go a really long way, both for, you know, the possibility of weaning off the medication in the future, but also for, you know, supporting your other, other body systems. And Alex, I want to kind of throw you for a loop here and go out of order with our outline and talk first about, you know, how stress impacts the thyroid and how the thyroid impacts all the other systems in the body before we chat more about coming off your med.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So essentially, when we think about the thyroid as this master regulator of all of the body's systems, we have to remember that in order to be this master regulator, all of the other systems of the body, I'm thinking endocrine, right? Like sex hormones, adrenals, GI tract, liver, all of those systems talk to the thyroid essentially. Right? So when we think about stress, when we think about what we commonly see in clients, under eating, over trading, just chronically stressful lifestyle, right? This mm-hmm. go, go, go kind of mentality, have to be productive, have to be productive. I can never let myself rest. I'm only sleeping five, six hours a night because I have three kids and I have to you know do X, Y, Z all the time, right? All of that is a stressor on our body. And that's going to send the stress signals to our brain, right? At that point, the brain is going to talk to the adrenal glands. We're going to have drastically increased cortisol. Or if this chronic stress lasts for a really long time, we might have adrenal fatigue, right? Or cortisol might absolutely tank. And that's going to lead to blood sugar dysregulation that can lead to food sensitivities, even leaky gut, constipation
0: Um, or diarrhea. We've both been on this whole train. Oh yes. (laughs)
1: We're still on it. (laughs) Hey, I just got off. Hey, true. I'm hopefully right behind you. (laughs) but (laughs) I think I got a long way to go. Um, but also that chronic stress, right. Even the high, low cortisol is going to affect our sex hormones. Again, we're going to have high estrogen, low progesterone and ovulation, um, even oh, wonky. Yes, exactly. And so. As all of this is happening, right, these are messages that the body is now sending to our thyroid, right? All of this stress and dysregulation of these other systems are going to tell our thyroid, hey, we need to shut down the metabolism. We need to shut down production of thyroid hormone because if the body is stuck in this fight or flight and trying to deal with all of these other issues, low sex hormones, gut dysbiosis, high cortisol, blood sugar dysregulation, et cetera, Then essentially what's going to happen is we're not going to have enough resources for that T4 to T3 conversion. We're not going to have enough resources to support the thyroid gland itself, right? We're going to have all kinds of inflammation in the body. That's, you know, even if we are producing enough thyroid hormone, that inflammation is going to block the receptors on our body's cells. So the thyroid hormone can't even work the way that it's supposed Mm -hmm. to in our body's cells anyway, right? on top of all of like the liver detoxification dysfunction that the gut dysbiosis can bring. And it's just like absolute chaos. (laughs) So I don't know if you guys followed all of that, but hopefully that's a good illustration of how just lifestyle stress can actually really downregulate your thyroid. and, And again, how oftentimes it's not necessarily just a thyroid
0: issue, it's a whole body issue. 100%, yeah. And like Alex kind of, alluded to there, oftentimes by the time we start to see thyroid dysfunction, there's probably a lot more going on in these other systems. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That is underlying and maybe, you know, you haven't fully accounted for yet. So, you know, when we're thinking about supporting our thyroid, it's so much more than just that. It comes down to, you know, supporting, supporting our bodies as a whole.
1: Absolutely. And hell, I mean, I wish somebody told me this when I was, you know, 14 getting prescribed birth control, which we know can affect our endocrine system, our liver, our gut, which again is going to affect our thyroid. And I really think that this whole situation could have been prevented, but you know, we live and we learn.
0: Yes. Yeah. The the state of the world, and especially, you know, with both of us being so you know, into the online coaching space, all this information wasn't as, you know, accessible back then when we were 14, 15 being put on birth control. And I know a lot of, you know, the ladies listening to this have, were similar cases being on birth control for 10, 15 years, um, and seeing those, those changes. But, you know, with all of these things considered, you know, your diagnosis way back when everything that led up to it and kind of where you are now, you're off of your thyroid, all of your thyroid medications. And Correct. the last set of labs we had, there were no antibodies. Yeah, it's so, crazy. <laughs> you now let's briefly talk about that process of, you know, what you did prior to coming off of the medication, how you supported your body. And for everyone listening, these are things that are beneficial for almost everyone to do in some, you know, some intensity when it comes to supporting internal health.
1: Yeah, it was super interesting, too, because I literally had to beg my doctor to get me a full thyroid panel. And this was actually before I came off of birth control Mm -hmm. as well. I just wanted to check things. And yeah, I saw that my T3 levels were actually way too high because I was still taking T3 at the time. And then my antibody levels were non-existent. And I was like, "What the heck? Do I even have Hashimoto's? Like, what happened?" Four (laughs) double takes.
0: Like, are we sure about this? (laughs) Is
1: this is this right? Did someone mess up? So, truly, before that blood draw, I had also embarked on my journey to improve my adrenals because I had Mm -hmm. gotten my Dutch test back and I saw that my adrenals were tanked. My cortisol was very very low, and so I really really took a beat to slow down. I was eating probably at least 2,500 calories more than I've ever eaten. It was a very anti-inflammatory diet. Lots mm-hmm. of whole nutrient-dense foods, gluten-free, dairy-free. Um, I was pretty like... I wasn't stressed about food. I think this was the first time in my life that I really wasn't stressed about food. I was just naturally eating very whole nutrient-dense food because I had worked with a coach and I had worked on those foundational habits for a very long time. It just kind of came very natural to me. But I think the biggest change was I stopped working out completely. Mm -hmm. I really just focused on walks. I focused on some nice slow restorative yoga I really, really tried to get at least eight hours of sleep, if not more, um, really optimizing my sleep hygiene, you know, blue light blockers in the evening, minimal screen time, all of that kind of stuff. And it was funny because I was doing all of that thinking that I was just supporting my adrenals. Mm -hmm. And then I get this blood work and I show it to Haley. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) My thyroid is like, my, my Hashimoto's is gone. What the heck? And at that point, I had said, well, it seems like I don't really need this medication anymore, especially since my T3 was high. I want to see how I feel without this, right? If I don't actually need it and I'm just doing everything else, right? Again, the the adequate fiber intake, the anti-inflammatory diet, the sleep, if all of this is working for me, then why am I still taking this external thyroid hormone? And Something that we did, especially before I decided to start weeding off of the medication was upregulating liver detox. So I was on a couple of different supplements to just upregulate my my liver health, improve my liver mm-hmm. health. Um, at one point, I remember my liver enzymes were actually super high. Yeah. I I, really- oh my
0: God. They were so high. The oh, high. NILT, they they were, I don't even remember, like at least like 60 to 80.
1: Oh, I think it was in the hundreds. It was okay, bad. I didn't, yeah. It was bad. And so that was a huge sign that like my liver really needed some support. My detox was really sluggish. So I took some supplements to upregulate that really support liver health because essentially like when you're taking oral medication, your body has to process and detoxify that, right? So upregulating that process before weaning off is just going to make the transition a lot smoother. Um, At that point, I was also doing Brazil nuts every day. Brazil nuts are super high in selenium, great for thyroid health, great for that T4 to T3 conversion. And then slowly I started kind of by like having my dose of thyroid medication and supplementing with a thyroid support supplement called ThyroBoost. So that particular supplement is actually a glandular thyroid support. So it's nourishing my thyroid gland itself. It's also giving me vitamins and minerals like iodine, extra zinc, extra selenium, extra vitamin D, vitamin A, all of these really important nutrients for thyroid health in general. And I essentially, you know, over the course of about a month, slowly weaned off of the synthetic medication and upped my dose of that ThyroBoost natural support supplement, if that makes sense. And then at that point, I was off of my medication completely, I was just taking the thyroid support supplement for maybe eight weeks. And then I got my, I got my blood levels retested, my antibodies were still non existent, and my T4 and T3 looked great. So that was really, really cool.
0: That was unbelievably cool. And the, the glandulars are incredibly helpful. Do you ever use, um? it's like thyrotropin PMG, it's standard process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I've used yeah, that one as
0: well. I, I use that one with my girls that are already like on a multivitamin or something like that. Um, With, with the, especially with antibodies, because that, what taking a glandular does and basically what a glandular is, is it's usually bovine. So from a cow, yep. right. Mm-hmm. Um, And it, takes you know that active component of the thyroid and it comes in and it's essentially able to nurture the thyroid yeah. and protect it from further damage from those antibodies that are produced. Yeah. Um so like the thyroboost by New Ethics has some of them have glandulars in them. Um but the biggest things were her lifestyle changes, right? Yeah. You and before that you hadn't dieted in a really long time. Like I remember when we worked together in grad school, which was what, like 2019, 2020? Yeah. Obviously, you know, we had fun. We got you really shredded and the, your metabolism was clearly, clearly cranking. But since then, you haven't done anything that aggressive to, no. to try to lose fat. So taking time away from dieting, especially taking time to eat enough carbohydrates is absolutely essential for fueling thyroid function for getting those um thyroid hormones up for preventing the increase in reverse T3 which is essentially like the anti thyroid hormone so yes when your thyroid gland produces T4 it essentially has two options right it can happily be converted into our active thyroid hormone T3 or it can be converted into essentially you know its opponent reverse T3 or RT3 and that really mainly occurs during periods of stress, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're increasing reverse T3 instead of active T three, your metabolism is not being properly stimulated, right? Mm-hmm. Things are things are downregulating. Um, and that's where, you know, the stress component of things is is key.
1: Absolutely. I always like to describe T three and reverse T three. T three is like the metabolic gas pedal and mm-hmm. reverse T three is like the metabolic break. Yes. And it's funny because you're right. Since 2019, I really haven't dieted at all. We did like a little bit of a lean out phase for my wedding, but it was like barely any deficit (laughs) whatsoever. Um, But other than that, no, I was eating a lot of food because we had moved from Florida in 2020 out here to Colorado and then what it's 2023 now. So for Mm -hmm. most of those three years, I was either in a surplus or at least at maintenance, just kind of living my best life. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because I look back on all of the things in my life that have contributed to my mental and physical burnout that I am now trying to recover from. And I even think about my half marathon training that yeah. aggressive diet that we did i was stage lean and i really you didn't need to be <laughs> insanely
0: lean it was crazy it was
1: nuts it was fun but it was definitely uh not sustainable at all yeah. so <laughs> But yeah, that's a really great explanation. And I completely agree with you. Um, even after we got the that second blood draw to confirm that my antibodies were still zero, my free T4 and free T3 looked great. My TSH is still a little bit wonky, which we're working on some time. Yeah, but um, we started weaning off of the thyroid boost as well. You were like, I don't think you need that glandular support anymore because your thyroid is is doing its thing all on its own. And truly, I attribute that 100% to stress management, diet, and lifestyle.
0: 100%. And we're probably due for a recheck here soon of your antibodies.
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous, but recently we've discovered some underlying gut issues that we need to...
0: Not okay.
1: <laughs> we... And But think about it though, because I remember like still having some of these symptoms like low energy, bloating, diarrhea. Then we got those labs back and my TSH was still really, really low. And we really couldn't figure out why, because I was seemingly doing everything right. And again, that just goes back to what we were saying before about how all of this is connected. All of the systems are connected. We realized that I have candida, I have H pylori, I have SIBO. Mm -hmm. So all of that gut dysbiosis is absolutely impairing, you know, my thyroid, my adrenals, my, you know, brain, adrenal thyroid axis communication. So I really have a feeling that once we heal that we should
0: be good to go. 100%. And your beta glucuronidase was really high. So, you know, your liver detox wasn't necessarily happening the way that it should be. And I think that that is playing a huge role in your, in your TSH
1: Right. And that's the interesting thing since we did so much to support my liver detoxification before coming off of thyroid meds, before coming off of birth control. The fact that my GI map is still showing like, Hey, your liver is actually really struggling. That, that tells us a lot.
0: (laughs) That's probably just mainly because of all the infection in there, all the candida, all of the SIBO. So I do think that once we, you know, clear all of that, your liver is going to come like right back to where it needs to be.
1: Oh, fingers crossed, man.
0: No, you've, you've done an amazing job with all of this. And I'm so excited that we're able to share this story and hopefully give hope to others that are struggling with a sluggish thyroid, as we <laughs> like to call it. Um, but there is just kind of one like bonus question I wanted to ask you. Yeah. How do you think, you know, healing or improving your relationship with food helped in your ability to actually heal your internal health?
1: Oh my gosh, that is a great question. Truly, I think about that a lot because at this point in my journey, I am on some pretty intensive protocols, right? Even coming off of birth control, we yeah. were on a pretty intensive protocol. This gut protocol. I'm low FODMAP. I'm, you know, tracking macros. You know, I don't want to say to the gram, but I'm being more consistent and more diligent than I've than I have been in a really, really long time. You had to lower my macros a little bit so we can lower the inflammation, stop feeding the gut bacteria, et cetera. And even taking the time before we found out that I had all of the these GI infections to eat more than I ever have and Mm -hmm. just have so much more freedom around food and than I ever have, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do that if this was five years ago. Yeah. Truly. I wouldn't have been able to deal with the idea that I couldn't work out anymore or I I I wouldn't have had a coping mechanism because the gym was my stress management, Mm -hmm. right? Food was also my comfort. So I can't be turning to food and binging when I'm feeling sad or when I'm feeling angry anymore, because that's going to make my gut even worse. And even when I was working on coming off of my thyroid medication, when you think about it again, stress, isn't just physical, it's not just the under eating, over exercising, it's mental, it's emotional. And if we think about just the stressors of everyday adulthood, just before (laughs) we hit record, I was venting to you about finances and taxes and um, our relationship. I was planning a wedding at this time too. So like Nelson and I were like really rocky there for a second. We didn't think that our wedding was gonna happen on top of the stress of just planning one. So all of that mental and emotional stress You know, even when you look in the mirror, if you're having negative thoughts about yourself, negative thoughts about your body, that is a stressor Mm -hmm. to your system. Right. And the fact that I took so many years really working on my relationship with food, improving my body image, healing my mindset around all of this stuff, getting help for my eating disorder, it was just one stressor removed. Right. Which I think did help. But it has also set me up for success to actually be adherent to some of these more aggressive protocols that I am now undertaking and to go into it with such a positive mindset, knowing that I am doing this for myself, knowing that I am nourishing my body and also knowing that I am worthy of love, of happiness, of feeling good in my body, regardless of what my body size is, Mm -hmm. has helped me Tremendously, because I mean, hell, you've been working with me since 2019. You've seen Uh my body all the way from stage lean to now like 10 pounds heavier than I've ever been because of the inflammation. And I'm still living my best life, (laughs) you know? And I really do think that doing the mindset work goes a long way again, not just for our physiological stress, but for our ability to actually adhere to some of these things that we need to do in order to, to heal our
0: internal health. 100%. No. And I've told you this a million times. It's been so cool over the years to just watch you grow in that regard and watch you be able to go on trips and not stress about food or not way overdo it and feel a certain way afterwards and watch yourself be able to, you know, enjoy things in moderation and enjoy alcohol and go through periods where you don't need alcohol to have fun and just learn to respect the ebb and flow that is life. And that is how your body feels and and looks. It's been, it's been really cool to watch all the different phases that you've gone through. And this one is just going to be another one of those.
1: Thank you so much, Haley. I really appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a journey, but it's been a fun one.
0: Yes. And hopefully this is another, you know, little lesson that it it is okay that it might take years for you to get to be in a good place with your relationship with food or with your health. But I do really believe that if your relationship with food, you know, is in an unhealthy place, it is going to be very challenging to to heal other aspects of, of yourself, whether that is your gut, whether it is your hormones, just because partially because of the stress, but also possibly just holding yourself back from, you know, reaching your full potential of health.
1: Absolutely. I see this a lot in our clients too, because Mm -hmm. a really big piece of this puzzle is ensuring that you're just eating enough You're just eating enough for your body, sometimes even more, right? If you go on those little calorie calculator websites and you enter in your height, weight and activity Mm -hmm. level, I tell my clients, I'm like, you're probably going to need to eat more than that because we're not ovulating. We have a gut lining to heal. We have thyroid hormones to upregulate. We're going to need more energy. We're going to need more fuel. And if they're not willing to eat for their body's needs, because of these mindset blocks, these limiting beliefs that they have around, you know, carbs are bad or, oh, I shouldn't be eating this much or, oh, what if I eat this much and gain weight? You know, well, what if that weight gain leads you to feeling better than you've ever felt before? What if that weight gain leads to more food freedom, not stressing about social situations, not stressing on vacations, et cetera, like have you considered that to be a possibility? And until we break through some of those li- limiting beliefs, then they really are holding themselves back from
0: their true potential and truly healing from the inside out. Definitely. And I think, you know, I'm go- have- having gone through, you know, a healing journey of my own with my own adrenal fatigue, my gut and my hormones, it's the most eye-opening part is, you know, how resilient your body actually is. Yeah. And Alex mentioned, we talked about training a little bit and how much she had to pull back to where, you know, there were periods where you weren't training at all. And I was the same way. There were periods where I trained maybe once every couple of weeks, just because I just felt so bad. Um, and the way that, you know, our bodies just maintain, you know, they, they find that point where they're comfortable and they're he- they're working on getting healthy. And you won't lose muscle if you take a couple of mm-hmm. weeks or even months off of training. You know, you're not going to undo all of the progress that you've made up to this point because your body is more resilient than you think it is. And it, it, everything is temporary too, right? Going through these protocols, being uncomfortable in your body, it's all temporary and it's usually worth it.
1: 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Cool.
0: So we'll probably leave it there. Do you have anything else to add?
1: No, I think this was great. And seriously, like please reach out to either one of us. If you have any questions about thyroid health, Hashimoto's or anything that we talked about today, I know it was kind of a lot, (laughs) but I'm more than happy to, like I said, answer any questions or talk to your listeners. Uh, I don't know, put my Instagram handle in the show notes. I'm trying to get better
0: at social media (laughs) y'all. Same. same. Yes. So if you enjoyed this episode, um, subscribe connect with us on Instagram, I will leave Alex's information in the show notes. And thanks for hanging out with us.